and welcome to ID the Future. I'm Casey Luskin, broadcasting with Discovery Institute's Center for Science and Culture. And today we have on the show with us again Dr. Michael Agnor, professor in the Department of Neurosurgery at State University of New York, Stony Brook, where he specializes in pediatric neuroscience. So, Dr. Agnor, thanks for coming on the show with us again. Thank you, Casey. Now, I want to continue our conversation, Dr. Agnor, from the previous podcast where we were talking about your debates on evolution news and views, responding to Dr. Jerry Coyne, the well-known evolutionary biologist from the University of Chicago. And as you mentioned in the last podcast, Coyne is what you might call sort of an honest atheist in that he's willing to admit the implications that atheism and Darwinian materialism have for concepts like free will and determinism. We didn't get to those topics in the previous podcast, but I'd like to talk about them today. So let's just start with the basics. First of all, what is free will and what is determinism? And does Jerry Coyne think we have free will or does Jerry Coyne think that everything that we do is determined? So could you just sort of lay some groundwork for our listeners here on this topic? Sure. Jerry Coyne and I are both incompatibilists, which is a philosophical viewpoint in the free will debate that says that both determinism and free will can't both be true. Either one or the other is true or perhaps neither is true. Determinism is the belief that human actions are determined entirely by physical processes like our brain chemistry and our environment, our history, what's going on around us, and that there's no component of free agency associated with our actions. Indeterminism or denial of determinism is the viewpoint that some aspects of what we do are freely chosen. It certainly doesn't mean that everything is freely chosen, but, but some aspects are. And free will is, for incompatibilists like both Coyne and I, free will means that there are aspects of what we do that we really have a choice about and that we could have chosen otherwise. Determinism itself can be defined in a kind of a very simple way, a very, I think, revealing way. Determinism, besides being the viewpoint that everything you do is determined by physics, chemistry, and history, is the viewpoint that at any moment in time, the future could not be any different from the way it is. For example, uh, if this moment right now, imagine what I'll be doing 10 seconds from now. If determinism is true, whatever happens 10 seconds from now had to happen. There was no other option that could happen. And if determinism is true and free will is false, it leads to all kinds of ridiculous, almost crazy viewpoints. First of all, virtually all people intuitively know that free will is true to some extent. That is, if one denies free will, you're denying the lived experience of all people on Earth, (laughs) basically. So now, perhaps all people on Earth are wrong, but the denial of free will is an extraordinarily radical assertion that requires some pretty substantial evidence to support it. The other problem with the denial of free will is that if there is no such thing as free will, and if everything we do is determined, then there is no such thing as morality. Because if everything we do is determined by chemistry, chemistry doesn't entail good or bad. That is, there's no morally good chemical reaction or morally evil chemical reaction. So everything that people do, the Nazis in the Holocaust, Mother Teresa feeding starving people, all of that is without moral meaning. That is, that a serial killer is just as moral, which is not moral at all, as a person who saves the lives of many people. 
So if you really believe in determinism and you really deny free will, you deny the possibility of moral good or evil. But the reality is that we all know that some things are morally good and we all know that some things are morally wrong. Right? Even, even Jerry Coyne would agree that torturing kittens is morally wrong. Even though um, if you really take determinism and the lack of free will seriously, it's a pretty hard statement to justify that they're doing anything is morally wrong. In addition, denial of free will and affirmation of determinism is self-refuting which so many of the materialist claims are self-refuting. But this one is particularly self-refuting. And the reason it's self-refuting is that if your beliefs and your statements are determined by chemistry and you have no free choice as to what you believe or say, then the statement that free will is false by a chemical reaction, well, chemical reactions are not propositions. Chemical reactions are not something that are capable of being true or false. They're just things. They're just things that happen. So that if you're claiming that free will does not exist, you're at the same time denying that your assertion that free will does not exist has any truth value at all. So it's self-refuting. It's nonsense. In addition, Coyne has argued repeatedly that determinism has been proven by physics, that that's sort of the scientific consensus, that everything that happens is determined. But Coyne is, is using 1920s physics. That is that since the rise of quantum mechanics, determinism has been very decisively rejected in physics. And virtually no physicist today defends determinism in physics. And it's been actually experimentally shown to be untenable, determinism. There was a paper published in the 1930s by Einstein and several colleagues called the EPR paper. And it was a paper because Einstein actually, in many ways, supported kind of a classical determinist physics. And he was very upset that quantum mechanics was showing that there was indeterminacy in physics. And Einstein proposed a thought experiment. And the thought experiment was, if you take two subatomic particles that are produced by a process, for example, by a radioactive decay, the subatomic particles that he was hypothesizing would have what's called quantum entanglement which means that the properties of the particles are related to one another. And if one particle has one property, the other particle must have a certain other property according to the laws of quantum mechanics. And Einstein said, let's imagine that these particles are emitted and they fly off in different directions. And one particle ends up like light years away. The other particle heads towards your detector and you measure that other particle. According to classical quantum mechanics, neither particle has any determined value for certain parameters until you measure it, and then the particle has that value. So classical quantum mechanics was non-determined. So Einstein said, okay, so you measure a particular value in one of the particles, and then all of a sudden that particle has that value. The other particle, which is on the other side of the universe now, must then have the corresponding value, because these particles are always entangled. And Einstein said, that's crazy. How could one particle on the other side of the universe know, say, an hour after the particles split, what the other particle had when you measure it? So Einstein said, the whole idea of indeterminism is crazy. It can't be true. So for many years, people debated this. It was called the EPR paper, and the EPR paper was the focus of an extensive debate in physics. And in the early 1960s, there was a physicist named Bell who 
I think had one of the most brilliant advances in physics in the later part of the 20th century, where he pointed out that the question that Einstein raised could be answered experimentally. Because it was believed at the time that Einstein raised it that, you know, it was a great thought question, but you couldn't actually measure these particles. I mean, talking about things in the universe, you know, how could you measure them? And Bell pointed out that if you took the question seriously and you used the principles of quantum mechanics, you could measure and you could determine whether the properties you were measuring in these particles was determined from the very beginning or whether they really didn't have properties until you measured them, or whether determinism was false. And he proposed an experiment. The experiment wasn't technically feasible in the 1960s. By the 19, late 70s and 80s, it became feasible. And a number of people did the experiment. There's a researcher named Alain Aspect in France who most famously did it. And the experiment now has been repeated many times. It's a very, very clever experiment. And it has demonstrated to just about everyone's satisfaction that Einstein was wrong. That in fact, when particles split and they don't have determined properties at the moment of the split, that when one particle is measured, the other particle only at that time acquires the property that it would need to have according to quantum mechanics. And the the way the, the physicists describe it is they say that there are no local hidden variables that are determined. So determinism, as a theory in physics, is dead. And it really has been dead in quantum mechanics for most of the 20th century. And since the 1980s, it has been experimentally shown to be dead. Yet Coyne, in his blog, repeatedly says that physics shows that determinism is true. Coyne's physics is as contemporary as Coyne's biology, which is 19th century. Dr. Egnor, a lot of folks have suggested that maybe our minds, maybe the brain, uses quantum mechanical processes. We just had recently had a podcast with David Snoke, who's a physicist at the University of Pittsburgh, ID-friendly. He actually studies quantum mechanics, and we talked about the fact that some folks have suggested that the brain might use quantum mechanical processes. So if we know from quantum mechanics that the universe is not fully determined, that there is uncertainty, there are other forces at work that maybe don't act in a deterministic way, that could give us reasons to suspect specifically that human beings have free will and that the way that we think and act is not completely determined. Would you agree with that in in your understanding of sort of this mind-brain question? Oh, absolutely. I think that what one can say with rigor, based on the very best theory and experimental evidence from quantum mechanics, is that determinism in physics is false. How that relates to the mind, there have been some fascinating theories about that, and the theories, I I think, are are worth a very close look. But even irrespective of the theories, it's a fact, and I should point out, not merely a theoretical construct, but an experimental fact, that determinism in physics is not true. And a materialist like Coyne, who bases his rather bizarre rejection of free will on an assertion that physics has proved determinism to be true, But in fact, since the 1930s, it's been very clear, according to quantum mechanics, that determinism is not true, and since the 1980s, it's been proven experimentally. Really makes you wonder how well Coyne understands the science. I mean, his metaphysics is off the wall, but his science is about a century behind. Well, not only in mind-brain questions is his science a little bit outdated, but I think also in origins, Darwinian evolution. Coyne is, of course a diehard defender of neo-Darwinism, which many scientists are now beginning to reject. Even mainstream evolutionary scientists are 
becoming very critical of neo-Darwinism. And of course, Coyne has had his own debates with some of those folks. He's dead set on defending the modern version of Darwin's 19th century theory. We are running out of time for this podcast, Dr. Agnor, but I want to come back and talk some more about free will. Well, stay tuned for more with Dr. Michael Agnor. I'm Casey Luskin with ID the Future. Thanks for listening. This program was recorded by Discovery Institute Center for Science and Culture. ID the Future is copyright Discovery Institute 2014. For more information, visit www.intelligentdesign.org or www.idthefuture.com.